Welcome to All Ears, Senior Living Success, where we talk with industry leaders to make sure you find success in your community. My name is Matt Reiners, and I'm the co-founder of Eversound, a company dedicated to improving quality of life for older adults by giving them the gift of hearing. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by Avi Friedman, the COO of Link Home Therapy. Avi holds his Doctor of Physical Therapy. In addition to Link Home Therapy, Avi is also an adjunct professor helping to teach the next generation. My paths cross with Avi on the conference circuit and talk about a, a down-to-earth, overall good person, that it was an honor and a privilege to bring him on here today. So thanks for joining me today, Avi. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So let's get to the most important question first. You're passionate about coffee. How do you take it and what have you learned about it? You know, shockingly enough, I'm not holding a cup of coffee right now because I am kind of obsessed with that. How do I take it? Well, there's a pre and post story to this and I don't want to hog the entire conversation, but just 30, 60 seconds real quick. So the, the pre pre version is I did not like coffee until I was in college. And um, at that point, you know, with the all nighters and studying and things like that, just got hooked on Starbucks. And that's when the addiction began. Um, after that, kind of got hooked on uh, pour overs. But anyway, now my 10 year wedding anniversary gift was this espresso machine. And every now and then I'll be watching some show or a movie and I'll be like, oh, that, that, that's the, the machine that she bought me. I'll see it in the background on the counter. And um, it's, it's awesome. So it grinds the beans fresh and, you know, fresh shot up espresso in the morning. And that's, that's my go-to. I'll mix it up sometimes with a pour over, but I'm typically having, you know, some espresso iced uh, typically, but sometimes hot latte. And uh, yeah, that's what keeps me going. What about it. you, Matt? What do you have? Yeah, so like you, my addiction definitely started around college. But for me, I just drink it black ice. That's it. And I just purely drink it for the caffeine. I've definitely have acquired the taste. But yeah, mm. I, I'll drink black iced coffee all cold day, brew? every day. Uh, could be cold brew, just could be iced coffee. What I typically do is just brew a pot before I go to sleep and put it in the mm -hmm. fridge overnight and then just come in and it's ready to rock and roll. And so, Avi, as we, you know, obviously you've got your doctorate in physical therapy. Uh, what have you experienced or really observed with therapy within senior living? Mm, good question. Um, it's the Wild West in a certain regard. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, a lot of communities and providers have amazing companies in place, amazing systems. But I would say that there's not a ton of uniformity. There's not this like expectation where you walk into a therapy gym or into a senior living community and you know exactly what you're going to expect um, from therapy. I find that there's a tremendous amount of confusion when it comes to part A versus part B. So I'll talk to uh, senior living providers all the time and I'll ask them, so what's your therapy solution or therapy provider in place today? And they'll say, oh, we, we've got therapy. And on their website, it says they have therapy. But then the reality is they have a local home health agency, which, again, is amazing. But when a resident needs uh, therapy or nursing care, they'll call that local home health agency who will send down a therapist. And many companies do have an on-site in-house therapy solution. But again, um, there's this lack of uniformity. Uh, some are better than others. Some are great. There's a lot of mom and pop providers. Again, I mean, there's a lot of good, there's some bad, 
um, but there's not a lot of standards. And uh, our goal with Link, little plug over there, which I wasn't planning on doing, is to really set the gold standard for how therapy should be delivered from a technology standpoint, from uh, a communication standpoint, from you know the standpoint of really just finding the best people out there who are passionate about what they do and uh, to deliver results to residents and management. So there's a wide range to answer your question. No, yeah, it definitely seems like it's it's definitely, I think across senior living, it's hard to standardize a lot of things. And the therapy side definitely feels like that because each company is a little bit different. I imagine each therapist does it a little bit different. There isn't that Mm -hmm. kind of standard process or, or really just setting the residents up for success. So it could be very different experiences depending on the day of the week or even, you know, what city or town you're in. You know, um, funny, funny, you should say that, Matt, because I've said that about the senior living industry in general as well, because um, we're sister companies with a chain of skilled nursing facilities. And I've always said you walk into a nursing home in any state, a rehab facility, for the most part, you're going to see a similar setup. There's the nurse's station, there's, you know, the resident rooms, there's the, there's the therapy gym, there's the front desk admissions. It kind of has a similar layout. Of course, there's some really high and beautiful ones. There are some that are really run down. Some give the industry a stigma. Some are really bucking the trend and disrupting the industry. But anyway, there's that general layout. And what I've seen in my experience and journeys visiting senior living communities across the country, as I'm sure you have as well, the range is incredible. I mean, there are some that will accept residents on oxygen that need a Hoyer lift to get into bed. And there are some where the residents are going out to work. So there are some that are gorgeous and beautiful with chandeliers and waterfalls and uh, miniature golf. And then there are some that um, leave a lot to be desired. So wide range. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, I, I think too, when I always think about that, I think of my perception of senior living before I you know, started working in it. And I think my vision was just kind of like that old school nursing home, because that's kind of what I saw my my grandmother go into from a while ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the ones that are beautiful, the miniature golf ones, right? The swimming pools, the putting greens outside. I was at a community that had like a butterfly garden. It was just like, wow, like this wow. is, yeah, like this is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, go ahead. And uh, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, one of the things that's kind of been top of mind, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic here is this idea of loneliness or, or social isolation. And I'm, I'm curious how you've seen lo- loneliness show up uh, within residents and how does that really impact their well-being? Sure. So it's a tremendous problem, honestly. And what I've seen is, this pandemic has just made it worse from a mental health standpoint for so many people across the board. And we're only starting to feel the effects now. So at Link, we do house calls and then we do therapy at senior living communities. So if you could imagine loneliness in the senior living setting, I mean, it's just even worse in the home setting. I've treated patients where I went to their house as a PT and they sat at their window waiting to see me. Um, there's one person who comes to mind who was an immigrant from Europe, and uh, she had grown up in Germany, did not have children, never married, was living on her own in a community in the, on the Jersey Shore. And 
I was the only person she saw pretty much on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, just really sad. She would sit at the window, wait for me. And she had this calendar on her coffee table and talk about, you know, depression. And um, I mean, that's just, it, it's a downward spiral. There's evidence out there. Um, I mean, that clearly shows causation between loneliness and decreased lifespan and uh, cardiac issues and just other physical issues that come up from loneliness. So it's a topic that I'm very passionate about figuring out ways to alleviate it. I think that a lot of people go to the senior living setting because there's engagement. There's ways that you can uh, get together and get build relationships and alleviate that loneliness. Um, you know, it's interesting because I was watching this clip uh, the other day and it was this brilliant British guy. I may have told you this, Matt. There was this brilliant British guy talking about a book he wrote about Greek mythology. And he was saying that his, you know, obviously I'm Jewish. So, you know, this is its own thought, but he subscribes to, you know, he, he's very focused on studying and researching and understanding all the different Greek gods. And he was saying his favorite god is the god of Hearth. And he was saying it's because Hearth is, um, you know, a fire and trans transcending cultures, ethnicities, races. Back in the day, hundreds or thousands of years ago, people would gather around the fire and share stories and build relationships. And that was the communal get together. And today, what are we doing? We're all on our smartphones, on our iPads, on our laptops, in different rooms, ordering from Grubhub, Uber Eats, and just doing our own thing. And we're not building those relationships. So loneliness is not only uh, an older adult problem, it's a problem uh, across the generation. Uh, Vivek Murphy, our, our Surgeon General, wrote a book on it that came out uh, about a year and a half ago or so, and or two years ago. And before you know, pandemic was the word to use, he described loneliness as an epidemic. So I think that there's a lot of communities that are doing a great job at figuring out ways to peer up residents with each other based on common interest levels, doing activities that are not just bingo, but also ways to connect and personalize and um, I'm going to put in a plug for you. I know that Eversound is doing some cool stuff from an activity standpoint. There is so much that you can do to alleviate loneliness. And uh, I think therapy can also play a role in that. So kind of a long-winded answer to your question. Uh, did that answer your question, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really touched on some some good things and or actually great things in there. You know, you, you kind of mentioned this this push for more person-centered care, this idea of engagement. And I think one of the words, you're, it was on the tip of your, your tongue there, but it's like, purpose. how do we give people purpose? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, so I've seen this kind of push as well, or this kind of this like pushing this industry to get to more of, of driving this purpose within residents. Um, and I'm curious, even just from like your own background or what you've seen and through your education is like, how have you seen having purpose really just help with one's well-being? I think it's everything. So what is purpose? Let's, let's first kind of define what the word is, because I think it's become such a buzzword that people throw out the word, but don't necessarily fully understand the meaning. So to me, purpose is meaning, 
but it's also a reason to do something, a reason to live. So before we hopped on this conversation on this call, our purpose was we knew that we're gearing up to have this conversation and I was excited and you know that, that gave us uh, a, a reason to spend this time together. But there's obviously higher levels and more basic lower levels, but at, at its very core, when you think about the day-to-day life of an older adult and perhaps their children have moved away and they get to see them only on holidays and perhaps a spouse or a loved one has passed on. Perhaps they had a hobby like golf or fishing that they can't do anymore for various reasons. What gives them a reason to get out of bed every morning? What gives them that sense of purpose, that reason to continue to move on? And I think that it's so important. It's incumbent on us as people in this industry, whether it's operators, whether it's vendors, management teams, to really create that standard that we talked about before of how can we infuse purpose into everything that we do? How can we give these older adults a reason to get out of bed every day? And it shouldn't just be for the food or the interactions or the fun activity. It should be personalized. I mean, that's really the gold standard. How do you personalize it? I'll give you an example of an awesome community in Colorado that I visited not far from Vail. And this community had some awesome programming. So first of all, they had this executive desk that I walked by and I was like, what's this executive desk kind of doing, you know, in this alcove off of the hallway? And the uh, CEO who I was working with said, oh, that's for a resident of ours that was the... CEO or COO of a newspaper, and he's suffering from Alzheimer's, but he needs to have his desk where he gets his mail and he gets to open his mail and sign off on documents. And every morning after his coffee, breakfast in the morning, he's at his desk and, you know, he's not actively obviously running that newspaper today, but that gave him a drive to get out of bed every morning. And I didn't see the guy, but I would imagine that he came dressed with, you know, a a pressed shirt and perhaps a a jacket or nice shoes because that was his drive. And two other examples that kind of blew my mind in that community. I'll tell you some other cool stuff about that community in a sec, but uh, they also had this little sign next to a residence room with a bar um, like a wooden pole bar drilled into the wall. And it said Mimi's Ballet. And I was blown away that this resident um, also was a memory care. So she was suffering from memory loss. And uh, she gave a daily ballet class because she had previously, yeah, she had previously been a ballet dancer. And it blew my mind. I was like, this is incredible. Imagine every resident coming into a community and doing some sort of assessment. Like what was your former... And there are some companies that are already driving this forward, utilizing technology to implement this as part of the admission process. What was your favorite sports team, hobby, genre of music, TV show, movie? I mean, occupation. There's so much that can be incorporated. And then there's figuring out how to personalize the activities calendar or anything you can do for this resident. But then there's also pairing them up with other residents that have the same interests and maybe forming clubs and activities um, geared around that togetherness. And then the other example, again, at this community, and there's so many awesome examples and communities, but this one comes to mind, was they had a rancher. And I saw this guy. He was walking around, and he looked exactly the way you would expect a rancher to look. He had this big cowboy hat and big 
belt buckle and uh yeah and in this little room they filled with activity supplies they had a rocking horse and on the rocking horse was this oversized real saddle and i would imagine that the family subsidized the cost of this because i i can't imagine that being cheap but every day this rancher oils his saddle and works on the saddle and adjusts the straps. And again, that was his sense, that is his sense of purpose. They also had this really cool winemaking program where um, their chef, uh, you know, the, the, the cook over there, the dining director, whoever it was, um, had experience making wines and residents made wines and they bottled them. And when I left the community, they actually gave me about a wine that was made by the residents. So some cool stuff out there. What have you seen? What, what are some cool stuff that you've seen at communities across the country? Yeah, so I think when you think about giving residents purpose, I always reflect on this story I heard from an administrator where it, he, he had told us it kind of changed his entire perception of how he looked at his residents, where they were doing a fundraiser for a local food bank. And one of the residents who was there was usually pretty not involved a lot. She wouldn't really go to the program. She really wouldn't go to anything. But when they did this food bank thing, she raised her hand and she, and he was basically saying to see her on like these executive level calls, like driving the conversation, like coming prepared um, and really were able to raise probably, I think like 10 K or something like that wow. to really just provide a lot of meals. And her comment was, well, that's how much we did this year. What can we do next year? And too bad. We didn't start this last year. And, Amazing. Uh, and it just really changed his view of like, what was really the, the capabilities and really trying to like give purpose to these residents and really trying to make sure that they're, they're going above and beyond. And I think getting to know residents and really, you know, you used all those different stories of like the ballet and the executive and the 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 rancher, which is kind of cool to hear. They're all in one community. I feel like I could be entertained for days. In this place. Um, <laughs> we should go there together. Maybe we can swap coffee there. Mm. Perfect. I love where this is going. Uh, it, yeah. It, and I. I it's really cool to see like more and more communities really embracing, right. This person centered approach and getting to know residents yes. for who they were. I think, unfortunately we kind of have this in our mindset of, well, their life starts when they move in. Like, no, they're, they've been doing other things for 70, 80 years. And there's just so much experience and like wealth of mm. knowledge and just like so, so much. I'm always just blown away by like, when I walk in, they're like, Oh, they're a former Brown professor. Or they used to do yes. this. And it's just like amazing to hear some of the stories within these communities and taking it the next step and like giving them those more purposeful events or activities or, mm. you know, wine and sip wine and paint, you know, learning yes. about stuff rather than just getting away from like, you know, some of the, the more things that might be seen as like ages now. Um, yeah. So just, yeah. It's really cool to see I, where this industry is headed towards. I totally agree. And to elaborate on that, um, I, I would say, I wonder if the industry as a whole could focus, this literally just popped into my head right now, on stories, because we're all fascinated by stories. It's what keeps our attention, right? Whether it's on social media, um, online, in person, stories, that, like you'll have someone giving this dry, dry, a boring speech and everyone's kind of zoning them out. Maybe it's at a conference or not. And suddenly they share a story, an anecdote. And everyone's like, everyone perks up. Well, I, I want, we're just wired to appreciate and enjoy hearing stories. Uh, every person at a community 
has a story. And I've fallen into this trap myself where I'll walk into a community and one community looks like the other and looks like the other and they all kind of like melt into each other and I'll see residents and I fall into this trap of kind of like, you know, the lines blur. Everyone starts looking the like and every single person, like you said, has their story. It's not like their life begins now. And it, it totally agree about the, the brown professor, you know, or the, the inventor or the stockbroker, whether, whether they were successful in business and life and family, everyone has a fascinating journey. Maybe they came from Italy. Maybe they were a chef. Maybe they were a train conductor, whatever it is. It's fascinating. And I wonder if as an industry, we can focus on showcasing, highlighting those stories, like our seniors or our, the older adult stories. And there's so much that the young generation that, that we or our kids can learn from these people who have gone down this path already. And when I treated patients full-time as a therapist, that's why I fell in love with older people, like with this demographic. I just felt like there was so much interesting information, stories and lessons that I could learn. And they loved cheering, but I loved hearing. So I think that if there's a way to just showcase those stories, people would be fascinated. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, I definitely have heard of some people float that idea around, but haven't really heard anyone like really jump into it. And I'm sure they're out there. I actually did interview, um, I'm going to shout them out here, the Kicking Podcast that is interviewing different residents and their stories and stuff. Cool. Um, so they're doing a good job, but uh, it's just like amazing to see. It's just, yeah, it just seems like such a really cool opportunity to kind of showcase those. Um, mm. And as I think you kind of like, talked about this a little bit in the the first question I asked here, Avi, but, you know, when we think about this, also this push for more technology, right? I think during the pandemic, I, I think there was this tech adoption that skyrocketed, especially within some of these senior living communities, just because they had to. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, what role do you think technology really helps with, whether it's in therapy or loneliness or really helping with purpose? percent. So technology to me is huge. Now, before we get into technology, I think we just got to highlight that people and that interaction is, is first, right? That comes number one. Nothing's ever going to replace fully. I mean, you, you look um, at the news cycle and there's these cool robots and I love robots and we're using robots um, for some interactions and it's incredible what can be done, but they're never going to fully, fully replace human beings. And that personal interaction um, is so important. Something like human touch, you know, what, during a therapy session, for example, that, that's never going to be replaced. Having said that, if you took 10 senior living operators, EDs, and you put them in a room and you ask them, raise your hand if you're having staffing issues. I mean, it's either nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 are raising their hands. Everyone's having staffing issues. I mean, we go to the conferences, you hear them talking um, all the time about that. And I think that technology helps with that for sure. So there's so many different ways that you can take these processes and eliminate or automate or streamline I mean, from a company standpoint, we as a company, just from our back office standpoint, we built technology to kind of streamline our back office operations. And that was a game changer for us. But when you look at technology in the gym setting from a therapy standpoint, I'll give a shout out to a company called Restore um, that's doing some really cool stuff. And we're 
essentially gamifying therapy sessions with them. So what they do is they have, I mean, any device can be used, whether it's a phone or a laptop, and the camera, based on the software, tracks the color of the device that you're holding. So you can hold, whether it's TheraBands, whether it's uh, different colored weights and things like that. And then there's these really cool video games and you play the video games, but you're doing exercise at the same time. So uh, I think one of their most popular games is this slot machine. And I always give this disclaimer that we're not encouraging gambling per se, but we've had like residents and staff get hooked on holding a weight in front of the camera, a colored weight, and it connects to the camera and there's a slot machine on the screen and they're just pulling the lever, pulling it, pulling it, pulling it. And then like after 30 tries, like, whew, like I'm starting to get a workout over here. So that's that's one example of how you can make therapy more fun and engaging because you know people don't want to sit in one place and just lift their feet up and down, up and down, up and down. Like there's that old way of doing therapy that's boring. It's not engaging. For therapy, uh, one of our biggest challenges as an industry is adherence. And adherence is essentially buy-in. It's getting people to follow through with, for example, an exercise program that we give them. So if we make it more fun and engaging, we're building trust, but we're getting people to want to do the exercises that we're prescribing to them. So having a gamification system like that is one example. Another example is a company we signed up for called VirtuSense. Super cool stuff. Um, I see you nodding, so I'm assuming you're familiar with it. Did you feature them? Did someone talk about it on the podcast yet? They have not. No, you're the first. Okay. Oh, cool. So VirtuSense is this really cool tech. It's hardware. It's a cool camera that um, captures a, a video of someone walking in front of it. And then it spits back at you based on that short video, the risk factor, a number that predicts the risk factor for someone falling. And that there's just that number that you can trend over time to be proactive about potentially providing therapy if someone's at risk for falling. But more than that, there's a deep dive into how did that person walk? And this is where like the therapy nerd within me kind of comes out because, and within every therapist, you take a deep dive and there's all these little deviations. Like what was this person's heel or foot or knee or hip doing as they were walking? And it gives you all that data, all that information which is fascinating because then you can build goals off of that. And this technology being built every day that just hasn't existed in the past. So it's fascinating. We love to be at the cutting edge of any tech. And we've done as a company, multiple pilots with just new tech out there that hasn't taken off yet that we're excited to just get the ball rolling on, whether it's published some research on the topic. So I'm always on the lookout for more tech. Love it. Yeah, I think technology is the future, right? And it's it's not there to re, to reduce the human touch or even take it away, but just to make it that much more efficient and effective and really allowing to scale it up that much faster. Um, and my, my last question here for you, Avi, and I always love it to ask it to everybody, but if you could give other senior living providers or just you know the industry as a whole, three guiding principles as they think into the future, what would you say? Mm, can it be three words? It can be three words. Well, who am I, right? Like, who am I to kind of tell you what to do? You guys are doing an amazing job. You know what I'm saying? I would just look at our core values that we have and that we're trying to really push forward as a company from within. And, you know, to me, some of those values include 
over communication, for example. So for us, we've always looked at the industry um, from a bird's eye view when it comes to a continuum of care. So if you look at the continuum of care, there's hospitals, nursing homes, senior living providers, home care companies, doctors, and there's so many issues that come up from a lack of communication. And we'd love to be able to connect the dots or link the different providers across the continuum of care with over communication. I think that's something that can really be done in an even better way across senior living. Um, aside from over communication, I would just say empathy. To me, that's everything. Um, I think uh, as human beings, it's, it's who we are. We care about other people. I think it's um, I think it's a common denominator in the industry. Like if you go around and you didn't, if you figured out how to test empathy, I'm sure there's ways to do that. Uh, you did that across the room at a senior living conference. Everyone would have a good sense of empathy, but that's just important in our space. And uh, I think passion, I mean, kind of generic, those answers. I'm sure people have said all three of the best, but I would say maybe over communication empathy and passion. You want people who give it their all, who just have a zest and a, and a real fire um, for what they do. And, you know, I think all three of those describe you. So look at that, Matt. You check off those boxes. Coffee gets the majority of the credit. So, uh, but thank you, Robbie. I appreciate that. Um, sure. But uh, Avi, I just want to thank you for coming on. I know our listeners will get a lot out of this and uh, I'll uh, link to you in the comments. So if people want to get in contact with you, they'll know where to reach out. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. If you'd like to know when we post the next episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're interested in how Eversound can help improve the quality of life in your community, find out more at eversoundhq.com.